Thank you, Landon. We'll be in Luke chapter 5 today, but isn't it an amazing, amazing time that we live in? Time of, of uh, and you see in Scripture, there's times where God worked doing powerfully, uh, doing things, and, and, and uh, great miracles happen. And I'm starting to believe that maybe we may be living in that time. The miracle of Missoula yesterday, if you're familiar with that. And Mike Baker leading songs. That's too tremendous. You know, I'm just, no, I'm just Mike, good job, buddy. Well done. It's all, all, all good. No, that's a, it's, a, it's a great time to, to be a part of the community here, and, and God's doing great stuff, and, and I'm excited for that. Uh, one of the things, again, very short thing to, to mention here, we spent some time talking about this last Wednesday night more in detail, but continue to pray for, for us as a church as we're trying to, to discern God's will in, in the future for us. Uh, usually, churches have... About the size that we are is what, what you are until uh, usually hire a second minister or more staff to be able to, to do some different things uh, in addition to help out. And so we're, we're just praying through that right now. This is a decision that all of us are going to walk through together. It's not just a few people here or there, but it's all of us walking through together. And, um, and, and so if we can just continue to pray for that, uh, just since we've been asking for prayers, that if there's people that have approached and said, hey, I'm kind of curious about, see if I would be a good match. And, and so God seems to be working somewhere. We don't know where. We don't know what all that means. But just continue to pray at this point in time because God's working and, and we're excited for, for what he's going to continue to do here at the, the Belgrade Church of Christ and see how he can use us to impact the community around us. All right, chapter 5 of Luke. We've been, I've been preaching through the book of Luke. And Jesus has just started his ministry. He had some really tough things he had to do to start with. He went into the desert and was tempted. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit led him to his hometown. And he had to share the message that he was going to be sharing. And the people in his hometown did not go for it. And, and so some of the tough things, can you imagine how tough that would be? People that, that raised you spiritually, that helped, helped guide you, eventually reject you. And so we get to a time where Jesus is starting to become more and more well-known. He's preaching around the area, and people are coming because they're hearing this message that is different than anything they've ever heard before. And in Luke chapter 5, we're going to get into uh, a day at the lake with Jesus. Now, Jesus is... Uh, how many of you enjoy going to the lake? Anybody here enjoy going to the lake? Yeah. This is about the time where we start dreaming about going to the lake, right? It starts to get cold, start to think, okay, next summer I'm going to go to the lake, and I'm going to go to the lake more often and try to cool off, because that is not a problem right now. There's uh, some have, uh, we'll go to the lake now and jump in, but uh, not many of us. But that's polar bear, have you, how many of you have ever polar bear swam, jumped in? Yeah, it's good to do once. You know, it's, it's fun to do once. Some of you are saying absolutely not, not interested. But here we're going to see that Jesus goes to the lake, and, uh, and there's some interactions that happen that this week has been especially powerful for me, for myself, and reflecting on this. Because, obviously, some, sometimes preaching, what it is, is it's just me working my own stuff out in front of you. That's kind of how it works. But I believe that if the message each week does not touch my heart, then how on earth can I present it in a way that it touches your heart? And so that's a whole lot of uh, the, the early part of the week. My preparation is how does this apply to me? What does this mean for me? And it meant a lot this week, and we'll get to that. Well, let's start reading in verse 1. And what we, happen, what we have here is scene 1, verses 1 through 3. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Okay, that's the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is a freshwater lake. It's actually not a saltwater lake. But I checked the dimensions just for kicks. 
Eight, eight miles by 13 miles. Okay, Flathead Lake is 15 miles by 27. And so the Sea of Galilee is about half the size of Flathead Lake. That gives you an indicator of how big this, this lake is. But the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats there left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Jesus uses this area maybe as an amphitheater. He sits there on the boat. And have you ever noticed that sound really carries across water well? So he gets out in this boat and the people are there and he's able to speak so that they can hear him. And you can imagine as he is there in Simon's boat that this fisherman from Galilee, that his, uh, a person who, who loves God already, I'm sure at this point in time, but he's listening to Jesus teach. And what types of things that Jesus is teaching, we don't know. Very likely he's teaching from what he, he taught at his, his home synagogue about, the, I have come to release prisoners, to give sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And if you fast forward to chapter 6, you see what Jesus is going to be teaching. Uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 20, in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, right? And if you go into Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Plain, because Jesus actually goes to a flat place instead of the, the mountain. But it's the same material. And he starts talking about how to love your enemies, judging others, you know, leave each other alone, okay? Don't be so tough on each other. A tree and its fruit, the wise and foolish builders, and, and all of these things that Jesus is teaching, and probably teaching there at the Sea of Galilee. And these people are sitting there listening. Well, there's somebody that's listening that has a front row seat. I don't know what Peter's doing while he's listening to Jesus right here. But somewhere, Peter's maybe looking up at Jesus, maybe tending his nets, maybe whatever he's doing, taking care of the boat. But he's listening to this message of Jesus. And maybe somewhere deep in Peter's heart, he's thinking, man, you know, this is getting to me. But the cost of following this guy, I can tell where this is going. The cost is a lot. And... This guy's got some great stuff to say, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. And he's listening and he's listening, and Jesus continues to get into his heart. We continue on, starting in verse 4. We see scene 2, and this, Jesus says, Simon, why don't we go fishing? Verse 4 says, when, we, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Okay, you imagine what's going on through Peter's mind right here? Is here is this carpenter who is a great teacher. And who knows if he really knows anything about fishing at all. Okay, Peter's maybe thinking, I've been out here all my life on the Sea of Galilee. I know this place. I know where the fish hang out. I know where... And believe me, we have just worked hard, and the fishing is not good right now. But, and I'm tired on top of it, but because you say so, I'm going to let the nets down for a catch. Peter shows something here that he's, he's willing to submit to Jesus, even if he's somewhat reluctant. And verse 6 says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Wow, what an amazing situation here. Is Jesus instructs, Simon obeys, and all of a sudden, the boats are starting to sink. And these boats, there, there was a boat that was discovered 
actually in the Sea of Galilee from this time period that was preserved in the mud here recently. 27 feet by 7 feet, something like that. 28 feet by 7 feet. Not huge boats, but it's bigger than a canoe. There's, there, you can put several people in it. And so all of a sudden, there are fish everywhere. The, the text says that the, the net was full of multitudes of fish. There's tons of them. And you can imagine these seasoned fishermen are pulling these nets up or trying to get them in the boat, thinking, what on earth is going on here? Are boats, have you ever been in a boat that's about to sink? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's really, really exciting because you start to go sideways. You start to see water coming in the boat. You think, oh, no, this is not going to end well. So these guys are out there trying to fight through this, trying to get all these fish in the boat. And there is so much that, that they're getting this sensation, these seasoned fishermen. And how would you if that happens? My initial reaction is to look at, at Peter and, and these others that are there and think, man, I would imagine they would be hooping and hollering because this great catch of fa- fish that has happened that they're going to have to they're going to be able to feed their families for weeks on this fish. They're going to sell it, they're going to be able to, to upgrade their boat. Who knows what blessings is going to come from this. But look what Peter says here. In verse eight, it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So there's others that are there, but we're going to focus on just what Peter does because Peter's the other main character in this story. There's lots of fish, and what that fish did for Peter is apparently he didn't jump up and down and hoop and holler. But what he said is, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I imagine throughout this day, as Peter has been listening to Jesus, and if you look at all the times that Jesus has interaction with Peter. This isn't the first time. There's several times that, that Peter is around Jesus leading up to this point in time where he's called. But I imagine as, as Peter is, is sitting there listening to Jesus, Jesus comes over and says, Hey, Peter, I want to get in your boat. And Peter and Simon are the same person. Peter is the nickname that Jesus gives him later, meaning the rock. And so Peter says, Yeah, sure, Rabbi, get in my boat. Let's go out. And Peter's listening. And Jesus' message just keeps working on his heart, keeps working on his heart, keeps working on his heart. And when this great catch of fish comes in, Peter cannot stand it anymore. And he looks up at Jesus and gets down on his hands and knees and says, All right, Jesus, this is it. You need to get away from me because I'm a sinful man. This is too much for me because I know what you're asking of me. I know what you're calling me to. I know what your teachings want for me. It means change for me. It means giving up some of how I am and who I am and becoming something different, and that's a lot to ask of me because I understand that if, if I change some things, this might affect, might affect my finances, it might affect my family. Who knows what type of effect this is going to have on me, and I want to listen, but I'm not sure that I'm willing to commit. I'm not sure I'm willing to jump here. And this catch of fish has put me over the border, and I'd kind of like for you to just go away because I feel like I am really in a bad spot right now. Okay? That's where I'm at. Go away from me. I'm a sinful man. We have other instances in Scripture where this happens. If you read when God calls Isaiah, that's exactly Isaiah's response. Oh, man, I am a man of unholy lips, and I live among people that are unholy. All the stuff that's coming out of us as a people is unholy. Please just keep your distance. We see the same... Gideon, that type of, of, of fear when he comes into the presence 
of, of God. And so you can imagine with Peter right here, he's wrestling. He is pouring his heart out. He is hurting because he is, is really struggling with what this conviction is going to lead to him. And all these fish did not help. And you look at Jesus' response here. It says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. You notice what God does with true, honest confession here. Peter gives this confession that I am a sinful man. Just go away from me. And uh, maybe sometimes our tendency is to think that God's response would be, well, yeah, yeah, you're a sinful person. Maybe I will go away from you. But you notice Jesus' response is the opposite. There's no shame that he lays on Peter right here at all. No shame at all. He says, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. It's all right, Peter. It's all right. From now on, I've got bigger plans for you. And I imagine at this point in time, Peter would have never anticipated or seen himself as, as what he was going to become. Uh, he becomes one, as the, the scripture here says, that multitudes of fish were caught in this net, and Peter ends up going and teaching multitudes of people. As Peter understands what happens here in, in the, the next scene, we can say verse 11, he pulled their boats up, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. And Peter became one that shared the message of God. Instead of Galilee being this, this lake that he could look out and see, this is a great place to fish, Peter found himself in large crowds teaching the message of Jesus because that's where the fish were that he needed to catch. He needed to catch souls. And I imagine for Peter, Peter is not one uh, like, like Paul is. Paul is, is, you could see from his education, he had a lot going for him coming from a family that could afford and provide that type of education that he was given. Peter's a different ballgame altogether. As Peter's a fisherman, he had, as an ordinary, uneducated person, he would have had a, a great understanding of the Old Testament. He would have been taught well in that and had large portions of it memorized. But Peter's one of those guys that I can imagine had to really step out of his comfort zone because it would have been so nice to go back and just hang out on the lake and to fish and to, to just do my thing. But God says, Peter, i got big plans for you. I want you to be... There's a different kind of fish out there I want you to discover. And what's going to take is for you to leave everything, follow me, and learn to fish for people. I'm going to teach you how to do that. And Jesus saw something in Peter that Peter absolutely did not see in himself. My guess is that Mike does not see in himself a song leader, right? No, maybe God sees something different. It's like that for all of us is that there's times where maybe there's something that we don't see in ourselves, but God sees in us. And I can't help but think that at this point in time, this catch of fish, is that Peter, maybe one of the things that kept him back at this point, said, man, I want to I dedicate my life to this Jesus guy, or I like what he has to say, and it's, it's convicting me, but I can't leave all this behind. I can't, all, all these fish, I've got to provide for my family. This is all I know. All I know is fishing. And this carpenter that's a rabbi goes out there in the boat with them and says, hey, throw your net over them. See what happens. And Peter catches more fish than he ever has in his entire life. And I wonder if that wasn't the thing that caused Peter to think, well, 
<laughs> if this carpenter can provide fish to a fisherman, then I believe that whatever he has in mind for me, he's going to provide, and I just need to step out of the boat and go. And that's it. If a carpenter can provide fish, then I think he's going to be okay. This guy's worth following, and this is worth giving my life to. And Jesus calls him, and Peter goes, and, uh, and leaves his net, leaves his boat, leaves all of it, and goes and follows Jesus right there. Man, what an example. And this isn't going to be the last time that we see someone giving up much in order to follow Jesus. But as I, I pondered and I thought about this this week, think about a day at the lake with Jesus. And I'm going to put these up here and we'll walk through them a bit here. Is for us... If, if you've never had a day that you've taken and said, all right, I'm going to just dedicate a day to listening to Jesus' words from Scripture and let him speak to me and, and really go deep with God, then, boy, I encourage you to do that. And even if it's not a day, if it's a few hours, whatever it may be, but dedicate that time together, that a day at the lake with Jesus. And we've got one week left of hunting season, all right? Um, some of us will be out hunting this week. I encourage you to dedicate that time to say, God, today is going to be a day that I really talk with you. And I want to, I want to pray. I'm going to start with Scripture. It, whatever, our, however form or fashion it takes. But dedicate that time to say, God, I want to hear, your, I want to hear you speaking to me through Scripture. I want to pray. I want you to work. And, and I, want to, I want to listen to your words. And I want to see... I want to see how you do provide for me. Okay, now, what it's important that we don't do, uh, that, that people in Jesus' day and, and, um, and throughout time have, we've wrestled with, is saying, hey, God, do a trick for me. You know, provide for me. Do this. Do what I want to do. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But we look at what God already does to provide for us and realize that stepping out for God is, is something that takes courage, but God provides. That's what he did. That's what he showed for Peter here. You think you can catch fish? You think you need to catch fish? I made the fish, all right, bud? Come on, it's fine. Jump out. Jump out. Follow me. It's going to be fine. Look for what God does to already provide for us, and then answer the call of God. If you have, um, I guess the big question for all of us is, will you obey, leave everything, and follow Jesus? Um, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ, let me talk to you for a few minutes here. Okay. So there is, a, in our world, as we've talked about here, Bozeman Daily Chronicle says 10% of our valley is in a church building of any kind on Sunday morning. There's a whole lot of people that God is not number one for them, from our neighbors. And so um, our job is to share that with them. And if... if if you're here today and you haven't made that decision to say, man, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to jump out of my boat, whatever that is, and, and I'm going to follow Jesus because I know that what the way I've been doing things does not work. I know that I have not found peace in my life. I, have not, um, I, I don't know what happens after I pass away, and I am lacking in all that. Then let's talk because what God offers you is is to provide to take care of you and take you to a place that is better than this better even than the Gallatin Valley we've got it good here but even greater than that is what God has, has got prepared for us and 
And so that's what God asks of us, is that we approach him in faith, we approach him in repentance like Peter did, and that we submit to him in baptism, our sins are washed away, and we go forward pursuing God from this point on. And it means big changes in life for all of us. But I can tell you that anyone here that has made that decision to follow Christ will tell you it is worth everything that you have to give up in order to follow him. It's great. And for most of us here, we've already made that decision to follow Christ. And so let's think about this for a moment. I have a few things here I wanted to, to, just, to just ponder. Because as Jesus talks about, and he's going to talk about, the parable of the, the sower, those different types of soils, the thorny soil says, are people who accept the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it out, making them unfruitful because God's plan for us is to be a soil that is fruitful that produces fruit that produces um, produces the, the spiritual fruit um, that the people that we're around the people that we come in contact with we rub off on the people around us and so think about this for a second if you're already made that decision to follow Christ is there something in your life right now that there's a selfishness that you just can't seem to shake or there's some insecurity that, that seems to, to bear its head in different places and, and, uh, and, and because you're insecure, you're, you don't allow yourself to be, to be generous and open and transparent because this fear just consumes you. Or maybe there's a, a hidden sin that is there and you know what it is, I don't, but maybe God's using this time and this moment to, to call it out. Or maybe there's, uh, your work situation is, is so much that, that you spend so much time and effort to that, giving to that that there's hardly anything left for, for God and family. Uh, maybe there's, whatever it is, you see where I'm going with this, is whatever it is, maybe something in your life and heart right now that is putting you in a place that causes you to not really be one that bears much fruit for God. I want you to think, let's think about that. Let's just have a moment to ponder and think silently. Don't think about anybody else. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't think, oh, I know what theirs is. Let God deal with that, all right? You can talk, you, you can point at me because I'm standing up here. I know what Chris's is. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. What's your thing that's in your head right now? You think, I am not what I could be for God because of this. Think about what it is. Name it for what it is. Just to yourself right now, just quietly confess it to God. And then accept God's healing. Because you see what Jesus did here? Peter says, I'm a sinful person. Get away from me. Jesus says, no, I'm not going to get away from you. What I want you to do is not be afraid, and I want you to follow me, because I've got, not only am I not going to strike you with lightning right here, but I'm going to give you something that is much, much greater. I've got plans for you, Peter. I've got plans to do good things to bear fruit, and you don't see it, you can't even imagine it right now. I've got plans for you. And I have to believe that we see the heart of God in this exchange here. And whatever it is that, that you got in your heart right now, if you want to talk, I'll be in the back. The elders will be in, be in the back afterwards. I'd love to pray with you. Um, and don't have to carry this yourself. But don't just say, the cost is too much. 
because we miss out on so much that way. And just um, and just coming to God, saying, God, I'm going to give this to you, and and therefore you can help me step out and bear more fruit in your kingdom. And just show God however you have called me to do that. Peter jumped, and God used him to do great stuff. And I believe that that's his plan for all of us, for every one of us. And so that's my, my hope for all of us. We spend time in Scripture today. That if there's something there that's on your heart that you just want to want to give, and, and some of you may be sitting there, okay, understand, you may be sitting there thinking, no, I'm, I'm actually in a spot with God, I've got my stuff, but he and I are on the same page and I'm working on it, then good for you, okay, that's great, that's fantastic. Because I remember going to a, a lesson once where I was felt really, really guilty about not going forward, and I really didn't feel like I had anything to go forward for at that point in time, okay, because I'm not, not spreading the guilt, that's not my point at all. But whatever's on your heart, whatever's there, Jesus told Peter, now's the time, just follow me. And now's the time you can leave it behind and get rid of it. And so I hope that, that all of us leave here today, and if you go and participate with a life group, I'd encourage you to do that. You have some time to, sh- to share during the life group. Whatever's on your heart, you don't have to share it. I would encourage you, because when you, when you confess, then, then God does great stuff and bring healing. But you don't have to confess a life group. That's not what this life group discussion is going to be about. But for all of us, hopefully we can leave finding peace and finding joy like Peter did, knowing that finally I'm going to step out of this boat because I see what Jesus is calling me to is much, much greater than anything that I can provide for myself. If you'd like to become a Christian or, or prayers, you're welcome to go back. Let's stand and sing together.